This podcast is part of the Acast Creator Network. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. And what I'm saying is you need a good barbecue shoe on you. A barbecue? <laughs> Don't tell me there's a barbecue shoe. It looks like you've been having it off with Marge Simpson. Oh, it really is yellow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've swallowed bark. <laughs> Oh, How are your balls, Chris? Oh, I think they're okay. Thank you, Abby. <laughs> Things I never thought you'd ask me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> wow, I just had a flashback of being younger then. <laughs> Hello, welcome to that Peter Crouch podcast with me, Peter Crouch, with uh, Chris Stark and Statman Dave. We're in the pub. Um, I'm doing something today with my wife um, and... She's tagged along. Uh, Sam Marino's with us as well for the, for the moment. We well, do. You check in occasionally, don't you? You like to. It's good to check in, isn't mm. it? Mm. How's things been going? Well, first of all, I want to change my name to Jose Mourinho instead of yeah. San Mourinho. <laughs> San Mourinho. I, I don't think you understand. You're getting the wrong end of the stick here. I think. Yeah. Well, San Marino are not a very good nation, footballing nation, and they. Oh, it's not a person. No, no. It's a nation. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Did I you th- his name was San Mourinho. Did you think it was San Marino or Sam Mourinho? I thought it was San Mourinho. Oh, right. Yeah, no, it's not a person. It's, it's a no, nation. No, it's a team. It's yeah. a nation. Oh, fucking but they're not very good and they kick off every 10 minutes. They, they concede and kick off. <laughs> Why'd you call me that? <laughs> not very good and kick off every 10 minutes. I don't really like that kind of... Bit of... Oh, yeah, kick, that off, kick off it's right, but they're not very good. It's a bit harsh. Mm. So what's going on with you? What, what's... Um... What are you up to? <laughs> what am I up to? Why am I here? <laughs> yeah. I'm just waiting to go you? for my smear. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. We're right. out of our depth. So, yeah. yeah. We don't really, um, I mean, obviously we don't do that. I think it's do, very do good. not tackle women's health on your podcast. Um, not, not normally, but to what depth are we going to, so to speak, <laughs> discuss this? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think it's important. As it's nothing to be ashamed of. No. We women no. have to do this every Every yeah. year, it's not it's normally what we discuss here, but you know, it's it's a ball good issue. Health is equally as important. Ball health. Yeah, Check it's your just weird vibe. State as well, Crouchy, very Prostate. important. Yeah. How are your balls, Chris? Oh, I think they're okay. Thank you, Abby. <laughs> Things I never thought you'd ask me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> wow, I just had a flashback of being younger then. <laughs> What do you mean? <laughs> no, just like, don't worry. Is that what young people say to each other? No, it's just... <laughs> How's your balls? I'm mad this, isn't it? Smears and beers. Smears and beers. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I've got an hour to kill. Yeah. So I thought I'd pop in on you, La. Oh, it's yeah. great to have you along. See what you're doing. All right. Well, um, it's, been, it's been great. I mean... <laughs> yeah. Check your balls, guys. <laughs> yeah. It's actually a very fair point. You should check yeah. balls, you should. It's no laughing matter. No, without doubt. And what, how are you, what are you making of the season so far? Uh, football season. There's one... Th- I only noticed that um, Everton had their playoff last night. The playoff. Everton had the playoff. <laughs> um, no, because it was the game to see if they were going to go down. Like, I know you try and make me look stupid, but I've got no interest in football. Yeah, but no, I, exactly. I quite like hearing your take on football. Because um, I know you have absolutely no interest. But that's it. You have no interest in it. But you, you do kind of have to have some interest in it because it means a lot to your 
hospital. No, it's right? bizarre because I subconsciously take in information because like Pete, when Pete throws these football questions around, I like know all the answers. Yeah. And I'm like, how do I know? How do I know that? What was the answer to that question that I know? I just couldn't believe it. Like the other day, like, she was coming up with some really good guesses and I was like, how do you even know these players? I don't. It's just probably... Over the years, I've heard all of this, and it's just gone in. Somehow. Just osmosis, isn't it? Yeah, it just yeah. Goes in. Right. I shouldn't. But no, um, yeah, I think she's what she's referring to is, is obviously Everton had a big game last night. They drew. They, I thought they, they did play quite well, but it wasn't necessarily a playoff. It was just a big game for them. But we're right at the tail end of the season. Are you? Um, who do you think is going to win? Well, we've got a family group, and um, there's a lot of banter going between my dad and my sister's boyfriend. He's a Man U fan. My dad's obviously a Liverpool fan. Mm. So there's a lot of abuse. Oh, so you think Liverpool might do it this season? Well, no, because I've heard that they're not in. They're no, not, not even not in the Champions great. League, are they? Yeah, yeah. Well done. Knocked out of both the cup competitions. Not Ooh. even going to get Champions League football. Ooh. Europa, though. Maybe, Ooh. maybe the Conference League for Liverpool this Ooh. season. Ooh. But um, yeah, I just hope Everton don't go down. Basically, Ooh. that's my yeah. message. The day. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and have you this is for Sean Dyche? <laughs> like, Everton don't I go down. I love Sean Dyche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we well, need the manager now. Mm. Oh, they'll stay up then if Sean's the manager. Yeah. Last time yeah. I saw you was Crouch Fest. I think mm. that would have been last time. Did you enjoy that night? Yeah. Yeah. What a bizarre. <laughs> what was your What a bizarre what was your night? perception of the whole thing? I just think it was incredible that you managed to pull that off. You know, yeah. to sell out Wembley, mm. Kasabian headlining all the amazing action guests you had on Paul Potts, everyone. I just thought it was, I was so, I was so impressed. Yeah. Like genuinely, hats off to you all. I thought Ooh. it was absolutely fantastic. How was it? Were you terrified? Yeah. Well, yeah. It was kind, kind of, of strange because I think we were fine during the day and then you two before going on, I think it kind of changed where you were like, oh, we've got to do this now. Mm. And I was just in that really weird mindset. I was like, I'm just ready for this. You like, seem... I'm ready for the Champions League. I'm just ready to go. Uh, it's fight or flight, isn't it really? Like I would, if I saw that crowd, I'd die and like run away. But I, I thought you did an incredible job. Mm. And I can't wait for the next one. It was fun. Yeah. Whoa, are you announcing something? I mean, uh, well, oh, are we doing another? We? Well, I don't this know. Is me. Are we don't doing know. another? <laughs> no, this is great. This is manager talk. Yeah, like... I think we should. Mm. Oh, yeah. Crash Fest 3 has got to happen. And it will happen. You know, we've got a few hurdles to jump through Carl's mm. to get through, but we'll get there. Yeah. Through Carl's to get through. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about Carl, which is the Carl we were. You were talking about Carl Lagerfeld, weren't you? And I said, was oh, just because of the Met Gala? Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. That was it. See, I know some fashion yeah. things as yeah. well. Yeah. Down with the cool kids. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I've seen a few people. Have you seen them in those t-shirts? There's like Carl, Carl Lagerfeld t-shirts. It just says like Carl on the front. Yeah. <laughs> I had loads of people sending me like on Twitter, like, look at this Carl. Yeah. yeah. We should rip them off and just have on the back, piss off. Yeah. Do you know, it'd be good for Abby, like, I don't know. I feel like we miss a trick with the fashion on this podcast. Like we should be uh, nailing it. Do you know what I mean? Not particularly what we wear, but kind of the... We should have a range out there by now, don't you yeah. think? Yeah, we should do like... We should set up a photo shoot and get you all in it. And I think it'd just fly. Off the shelves. What would be the first one that you'd wear? Piss off, Carl. Well, I had the parch for Croucherist, didn't I? I was just like, we had the parched uh, hoodie. Well, we did it briefly, no, didn't we? We mm. we'd sort of got some shirts and things like that. But I'm talking high-end fashion. Do you know what oh, I mean? Like, like bring out your own range? Well, like the Gucci collab. Like it should be like Gucci with that Peter Crouch podcast. Mm -hmm. First yeah, collab. That's, that's what I'm imagining. Like Gucci, then X. Yeah. Then that Peter Crouch. Yeah. Or And then work backwards from Gucci. <laughs> Burton's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, which I'm sure are a great brand, but you do what I mean. Fantastic we go. Where do, where do men go for their clothes? If it's not designer, like where'd you go? Like, like Urban Outfitters? Riv- to, River to Island? That's a bit young ago, isn't it? You've been well, to River... Some stuff. You need to be, you need to pick your stuff, don't you? Tootool.com. <laughs> Giacomo, is it? Don't, don't, no, don't knock it. These, these, these <laughs> I'm wearing today. Too they're tall. not. Too yeah. tall. They're they not. To, they're Tom Sweeney. These are too tall. Oh, are they? Mm. They look nice, actually. What's, what's the brand? Too tall. It's too tall, yeah. yeah. Generally. Are they big, are they? Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's for the taller gentleman. Yeah. Um, I think it's yeah. hard for men. You don't men, have to like... be really fat. You can just be like, you know, slim and long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, honestly, everyone I meet who's slim and long, like, follows them. I have a look and it's like, Dan Walker, Vernon Kay. Not really. Um, Who the hell's Dan Walker? Yeah. Dan Walker from, um, he's on Channel 5 now, isn't he? Yeah. BBC News. Never you know, Dan, Dan Walker, Walker, Football Focus. Do, football focus. Yeah. You would know, you'd know who exactly who is. Who else is long and t- then? Uh, Richard yeah, Osman. Steve Merchant. <laughs> Richard Osman. <laughs> Honestly, everyone follows them. They're, They're all real. It's, it's reasonably priced. The BFG. And it's, um, and it, you know, it fits, I mean, look at me, I look fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> well, you do. Is there a service for, um, like, short fat legs like mine? Because, um, honestly, getting trousers for someone like me, I have what the opposite about, problem. What um, about Gap Kids? Yeah, but you'd have to be, like, gap fat, kids. fat Gap Kids. <laughs> Fat gap kids. You could fit into like an age thirteen to fourteen and gap. I could, but as I say, they'd have to have like a wide waist. I've seen that somewhere? What fat next, gap kids? Next do a bigger kids range. Do they a bigger kids re- range? Range. Oof. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not that small, Abby. Like what I'm talking about is my legs are a disproportionate size to my body, mm. so I end up in this bizarre situation where most jeans aren't. It's like lengthwise, they don't match up with the the waist currently. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so what it's got I need like a built-in sliver. So what I need, for my fat ass, I need a, a wide but short leg. For oh God, I, the, the, you're that? asking the wrong people. Yeah. <laughs> Tablecloth. <laughs> you have no clue. My kids aren't even that. I <laughs> know it's a real problem. I can't. It's just totally the See, opposite. If you were a girl, it'd be so easy because you could just wear skirts. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Only wear skirts. Why Chris? Not? It's twenty twenty three. Be free. Like these right. days. ASAP Rocky wore a skirt to the Met Gala. A kilt. <laughs> Same. Mm. Do you still need me? No. No. <laughs> it's always good to see you. Yeah. And it's good, um, to, it's good to just check in, isn't it? I'll I th- have a little look for some um, pants for you. I think it would just be good to have you across some of the the sort of the fashion angle on this podcast mm. potential collaborations um i think we relook at the merch because i think mm. it was good and it did a job but mm. i'm talking like blazers mm. um like <laughs> shoes mm. like proper you know let's fucking go uh, do you know what i mean what about like a biker jacket like a, a um, bomber jacket with like all the great Brilliant. great now we're talking no one can get. No one does cats, Yeezys anymore. Cats? It needs to be a shoe named after the podcast, oh God, but they look like football have, boots. We could have Yeezys now. No, Kanye's gone. Yep, he's gone. Yeah. Finished. Um, <laughs> gone from Yeezy. We'll, we'll gone from Yeezy. We'll I mean, oh, is it? not mm. gone. Mm. Oh, no, he's mm. finished now. Um, All stuff to think about. Yeah, so, yeah, so I appreciate it. Appreciate it. Brilliant. Thank you. Have, have a good one. Well, I'm actually. I'm actually. <laughs> I don't know. What do you say? <laughs> I'm actually really nervous about it because it's uh-huh. not something I like no, or enjoy. It's not. Yeah, I can't um, imagine you do. Because I'm te- I'm terrified of everything, aren't I? And I have to go yeah. on my own. You can't even come with me. No, no. Oh, he's I've in got, the pub. Got to stay here. <laughs> <laughs> he's working. Stay. Up. Oh no, yeah. Got to stay here for hours now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's yeah. Have a good one, I guess. All right.
Good luck, babe. Well, Thanks. good luck. Hope it all goes well. Hopefully, I'm not dying. Bye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Yeah. So, uh, smears and beers, lads. Smears it's and beers. It's a different vibe. We've had a couple of good guests on the last couple of weeks, haven't we? Mm. Like uh, Jason Sadukis uh, and uh, Jamie Carragher. <laughs> and I have to say, do you know, I saw him at the football the other day as well, Jason. Oh, did you? Uh, yeah, and he was he was great. He was great. I did he have a good time with the podcast? And, he loved and, uh, it, you know, and he was, I thought he was great. And like I say, it's, um, it's good to get guests on. Obviously, we'll do this one just us today but you know getting people like Jamie Carragher and Jason Sadukis on um, it's been great isn't it we'll have some, some more guests in the future yeah it's tricky I think it's tricky in your punditry job as well when you don't quite know the name of the player because that's yeah. what you did with him you tried to hit it with a bit of pace if you haven't heard this episode yet Crouchy couldn't pronounce Ted Lasso's <laughs> name um, but had to at the start and uh, you just kind of went at it quite quickly didn't you I went quick but I quietened down on the bit I didn't know yeah because I wasn't sure if it was day or die or, or D we'll play you a little clip now if you haven't heard it why don't you just have a, a, a quick, quick listen to this this is how he pronounces Go do it one more time correctly Jason Sadu Jason Sadukis and <laughs> This is what happened when Crouch introduced yeah, him on the last podcast. Hello and welcome back to that Peter Crouch podcast with me, Peter Crouch. I'm joined by uh, Chris Stark and Statman Dave as usual and a very special guest, Mr. Ted Lasso himself, Jason Siddiquis. Hello, hello, how are you? It's like the first day of school. And we're like, yeah, how do you, how do you say it? I don't know. My dad says Siddiquis. I don't know if it is. Amazing. It's not quite... Right, is it? But I can see what you've done. But this must happen in your job all the time. Um, yeah, there's a few. There's the uh, Napoli guy, right? Cavatscalia. Um, um, Cavatscalia. But that's one of many ways to say it. But what about his first name as well? Uh, actually... Cavici? Cavicha? Cavicha Cavatscalia. What you do is you, you try and overpronounce it. <laughs> Maybe I should just slow down Cavatscalia. <laughs> that was actually bang on, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. But like he's such a good player as well, and I really like him, and I really want to talk about him, but I just don't. <laughs> what about? He's losing but, out. He's losing out. I've done a few of his games this there's, year. There's like ways of getting around it, isn't it? Where you go the Napoli number yeah. or number seventy-seven or the left winger, but you can't. Do, you have to. You have to drop it in a few times it's just at least. Not as good, you know, it's not yeah. as good. But I had, I had. I did drop it in because I thought I just got to talk about him because he's playing really well. Cavascalia. I'm all right with it now, but I just had to constantly, constantly repeat it. What about when you've got to try put a, an accent on the name just for a bit of authenticity? Oh, this, is the, this, is the, this is the issue. <laughs> Have we spoken about this before? Because some players you do it naturally and it's yeah. easy. Thierry Henry, yeah. right? But when you think about it, you're not going Thierry Henry, are There's you? There's certain things that you've said all your life, mm. right, that I'm now finding out aren't correct. Um, and, and, and you can't, you can't then sort of unsay them mm. do you know what I mean like how would you say AC and Inter Milan's ground uh, the Giuseppe Miazza 
Oh, yeah, all right. I'm not just your, just a normal name, please. <laughs> I'm the Sam Zero. I'll be honest. I just looked at him. I was like, "What the fuck is that? How would you say it? San Zero? Right. Yeah. So you got that right. So it's not the San Zero. Just San Zero. It's just San Zero. Oh, for years I've 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 been going. Um, oh, you know, you've got Milan in the San Zero. You just it's that's how the sentence is. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's not the San Zero. It's San Zero. Okay, but do they try and correct you on that? Does someone correct you in your ear when you're doing that? Well, or, do, you know, or are you just left James alone? Richardson is a yeah. you know, very talented broadcaster from, you know, and, and did a lot of work in Italy. Mm. And I think it's one of his, his bugbears uh, that people say the sounds Really? It's hard to go back. When well, I th- I th- we've got to test this. We've got to do maybe next podcast. What we'll do is we'll give you 10, 10 names. And we'll just see how far you can get through it. Mm. Maybe they ramp up in complexity. It's, it's like the the English way of saying it. And like when you go into like Manchester or Liverpool, like Anthony Marshall is mm. Anthony Martial, but it's just because of the locals will call him a certain thing. And then it kind of like sticks to the player. Do you remember any players that you played with that was like that, where you, their name actually changed because you just... Yeah, well, we had Johnny Brazil. Um, and um, his name was Dionaton Texiera. <laughs> But he was Brazilian, and no one knew what... You know, Dionaton sounds like Jonathan to me. It, it does, So actually. he was just Johnny Brazil. <laughs> was that just to you, or did the whole team um, call him Johnny Brazil? No, it was just, everyone called him Johnny B, yeah. Lads, <laughs> <laughs> well, are you two okay? I saw on social media that you had a bit of beef, and I just wanted to bring it to the table and try and get over it, because, uh-huh. you know, you're really good mates, and I wouldn't want something like a barbecue to be a problem <laughs> Crouchy so uh, we got a tweet on the uh, the 1st of May um, from yourself I Crouchy we've printed it off we've printed it off so we can you know talk through every part mm. of it uh, nothing about this is fun at Chris Stark hashtag BBQC BBQC yeah we all know it's, what that stands uh, for it's down as well yeah. um, talk me through the tweet it's just in reference to um, Chris telling me barbecue barbecuing was fun you know before yeah. bank holiday I'll give it a go um I, I I just didn't enjoy it at all. I, I was getting smoke in my eyes. Uh, it was raining. Um, you know, my slippers got a lot of stick. Uh, my um, gas barbecue came in for a lot of lot of grief from these barbecue wagons. Everything about it's wrong. Um, I do think we need to discuss it because I'm really adamant that you get into barbecuing and find a joy in it that mm. I've found. Right, yeah. I love barbecuing, um, and you've given it a go. But the thing is, you've got this massive gas barbecue. If you think about it, it's not really any different to just doing it in the oven. Yeah, but this is what I think about barbecuing in general. Like I'm, I'm literally outside in the elements cooking. Yeah. Why? Because it's there's something ingrained in like you're quite a a manly man, aren't mm-hmm. you? Like yeah. I think there's something kind of ingrained, um, animalistic caveman like. Yeah. I get it. Where I get you, it. Where if you it's go and barbecue and stuff, it's a good idea. I like. No, that. I like no, it. but it's not. It's not just that. It's all weathers, and I think. You've gone out and you've done nothing. It's just burgers and sausages, isn't it? No, I did. I did a rack of lamb. I did lamb. I did uh, chicken skewers. Uh, there was steak involved. Uh, granted, I burned it and needed some help from from some members of family. Yeah. But, um, you know, invariably I was out there the whole time, not cooking the whole time, but I was out there. There is more to this thread though, because you've you've come back, Chris, with you take the piss out of me for wearing shin pads. That this is the state of your barbecue game and footwear. Yeah. Hashtag slippery CNT. Hashtag Chumbawamba. Well, we need to talk about the slippers on oh, your feet, oh, aren't we? Because the elephant in the room. Yeah. <laughs> the old slippery cunt over it. 
That's it, chill it. Coming from a BBQC. <laughs> <laughs> Got the old slipper C here. I mean, what is that about? Are these like your well, binnies? Are these like your binny outdoor? No, listen, I wasn't expecting it. The whole point of the barbecue, I mean, underneath that hoodie I'm wearing, right, that's done up, you know, over my head, is is a nice T-shirt, which I was expecting to wear in British summertime. So I had a T-shirt on, I had to throw that on, and then I saw some slippers by the front door, which, granted, I like them. They're Ugg slippers. They're nice and cosy. I wear them around the house sometimes. <laughs> But it's also good to take the bins out. They've drawn major heat online, yeah, haven't well, they? They drew a lot of heat, yeah. It drew heat. But, you know, what What am I supposed to do? You know, around the house? I think slippers it? are meant to be inside, though, aren't they? I well, think they wearing them really, outside. But I'm fucking barbecuing, aren't Yeah, I? well, look, what I'm saying is you need a good barbecue shoe on you, I think. A barbecue? <laughs> don't tell me there's a barbecue shoe. Not yet. <laughs> They've got to be some sort of like Birkenstocks, right? With, with socks on. Yeah. That if there's a, if you, that, that's the type of thing that you lot would do. You need to act your age, mate. And also, it's just so stereotypically footballer to be wearing, what are they? Are they Uggs, are they? Yeah, they are Uggs. Uggs yeah. outside like that. What's stereotypically footballer it's about It's just that? a bit like... <laughs> twatty. Twatty. It is twat. That's it. It's just a bit... It's just a bit twatty, yeah. yeah. Well, it's the same as you on a smoker with your shin pads on. It's the exact same. You see, I think you'd get so much more pleasure from a good smoker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, I think if I'm, if I embrace it mm. properly, mm. but I, I throw this offer out to you, and you never invite us round. I'm saying, just bring me around for a day, and we'll just yeah. doesn't have to be a long cut. We'll just do eight hours or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> we'll just do some ribs yeah. or something, right? All right. And oh, we'll just stand there. I'll give there. you a go. Yeah, we'll just stand there and we'll barbecue and we'll drink some beers. And I think, you know, you'll see it in a whole new light. We could film it. Like, we could maybe just live stream it for eight yeah, hours, yeah, like eight, yeah. ten. Like, however long you got. Well, I, I'll be honest with you, Chris. Like, who's going to watch that? I, I don't want to be there myself. <laughs> so, so imagine, imagine watching it on telly. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't, I don't think it's going to be on telly, but, you know. <laughs> We'll start, we'll start, Dave, you can rig up a YouTube thing for us, can't you? Yeah, well, we could flash from Dave's station to the barbecue scene ooh, and ooh. hopefully we can keep people oh, engaged. Fuck, we've got the start of a channel here, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Dave, isn't it? <laughs> Statman Dave. <laughs> so we could take it over for a day, like Comic Relief or something like that. You know, we could take, you know, a, a channel over mm. and just go, you know, some barbecuing cunt throughout barbecuing. the day. Barbecuing. You know, the, how we getting that, you know, Dave we'll, station. We've got the premium rate uh, late night stat line. Um, and then football, of mm. course. Like, we could have a game of football and get a commentator on to mm. do over that. We'll just do it all in your garden. Yeah. Sounds I, good. I, I actually think it's a great idea. <laughs> on the good. On the barbecuing thing, though, Crouchy, I, I, I do respect that you've given it a go. And it's a bit like me with my football is, even though I've never played at your level, mm. um, you sort of, you recognise the grassroots of it. And that's what I see with you there. I mm. see great potential. I see a, I see a guy who doesn't... as well? Yeah. Well, I've got to respect the spacing on your burgers. Yeah, it's yeah. it's, it's uh, amazing. What what, yeah. what were you playing there, a 4-4-4? Four, four, four? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I, you've got to respect the spacing. The spacing's really good. I've got lots of comments online for that. And what I've done there with the added burger that I've met, well, I've eaten, in fact, mm. um, I've thrown a little coffee at the angle. Can you see? <laughs> Oh, I, didn't, I didn't spot that in the <laughs> yeah, original so I've one. Got, I've got the burgers there and I've just slipped a little lamb kofta in the diag there. That's lovely. So that kofta is, is shop-bought kofta, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, I've, and, I've, and I've sm I'm started, I smoked the, the, the sort of top ones. They're like, I've, I'm slow cooking them a bit yeah. more. So although it's gas, yeah. I've still got the potential to progress. We're going to do this. Right? I think me and you, we're going to be around a barbecue and we're going to slow cook something. And you're right, no one might watch, but 
I'd like you to do it and just see if it's enlightening and we, and we go from there, right. you know? Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Um, we've got so many messages, uh, I think, especially because of the last two podcasts, you know, we've had guests. Um, so look, thank you so much if you've sent in a message to this podcast. If you want to do so, you can email us peter.crouch at acast.com or you can get onto our website and you could submit questions on there. That petercrouchpodcast.com. Um, so yeah, just get on there and uh, send over some questions. Yeah, I think we should start here with a message from Kieran just because um, we had Abby on the show there talk about fashion and uh, these are Gucci sort of loafers really, I think you'll class them as. These are one of the worst pair of shoes I think I've ever seen but um, we'll listen to what Kieran has says. Hi Peter, I have a one-time special offer. Got a pair of shiny, some would say shocking, silver Gucci shoes. Perfect for the dance floor. You may be wondering who they belong to. A friend of mine who's a cleaner was given those from former Liverpool player Jose Enrique. For your information, these are a size 10 possibly with groovy velcro strap velcro straps fit a size 11 hopefully you take me up on this exclusive offer so this is the swap shop he's looking to swap those and i am inclined to say that i would like to swap charlie adams boots for jose enrique's shoes <laughs> yeah i don't know how you this feel this is big this is big i i, I like them like I, I, don't, I don't like them. I fucking hate them. But, but the, 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 they are so bad. They yeah. are good. They look like kind of things you'd go out to your gas barbecue in and crouch towers and and cooking. Yeah. No, they look like that's your barbecue shoe. <laughs> <laughs> or it could be. Like I agree. I think we should do the swap because actually we haven't swapped yet. Yeah. If you're new to this, we've got Charlie Adams boots. Um, he used them for something we were filming. We're going to swap those boots for if the right sort of thing comes in. I thought we were going to swap the boots for the nuns. Do you remember the lads who offered yeah. to be nuns? I was quite keen to get those nuns sent round to Jamie Carragher's house just for um, a day. Do you know what I mean? Like do do whatever he wants with them for a day. <laughs> the, the, these shoes, though, like I think that you know the little cleats that the cyclists wear. Do you want to swap for these then? Yeah, I'd like to. Can we check whether they're authentic Enrique Gucci shoes before we do it or are we just going to gamble? Can you get in touch with him? I can get in touch with him, yeah. Could you send a photo of the shoes and say, look, I'm potentially getting your shoes. I, I, I could. Can you confirm that these, ra <laughs> these rascals were yours? <laughs> but you think it looks about right, doesn't it? I, I think they've got his name written all over them. <laughs> Okay, great. Well, it'd be good to get the swap on the way. And then I don't know what we do from now on in. I don't know if when we get the Gucci shoes, if like that's job done or if we're meant to swap the Gucci no, shoes we, forward. No, we keep swapping. We keep swapping, swapping just, You know, send you if you want a pair of oh, Jose Enrique's <laughs> dancing <laughs> shoes. Yeah, well, you know what? Well, let's see with these shoes. If we get these shoes and if there's a big demand for the swap, then great. But you know what? If there's something that we really, really want, if you could offer something really good, we've got a Ted Lasso signed Richmond shirt to go along with the Gucci loafers here. Oh, yeah. Oh, we got it here, actually. Look at that. Yeah, we got Ooh, him to sign it. It's quite cool. What I quite, what I quite like the idea is giving it away as a bundle Ooh. to someone who will go and enjoy a night out. In. Oh, now we're talking. Now we're talking. So the lasso shirt, lasso shirt, and, and the, the Gucci, Gucci <laughs> but you have to wear them with white trousers. You could not wear them with white trousers. I think if you are a larger gentleman, you will. This is a medium. This shirt, yeah. So for scale, I don't think it even fits me. No, it's yeah. So I don't know. I mean, that could be funny as well. <laughs> I actually think if you're small, medium, large, you'll you'll make it work. It's a good you enough prize. It, but we need someone that will promise to do a night out and ideally take some photos. Maybe we could give you the full um, Enrique experience. So if you win, 
I'll also try and arrange for you to be able to visit a local nightclub's VIP area. Like, I'll try blag that for you. Yeah, you DJ in these places, guys. So you could you could you get the selective person to get behind the rope to be treated like Jose Enrique for a night? That's it. You win the Jose Enrique experience. Well, crouching, I don't know, I don't know whether you heard. A, a, a night party like Jose Enrique. What a price. Like, in all honesty, like, there's plenty of people out there who've always wanted to have a night out as, you know, imagine being Jose Enrique and just walk, strolling through, yep. the, you know, the, the velvet rope in your Gucci. Should you like yeah. us? Maybe we should, but let's do this moving forward. Let's start with Jose Enrique, right? Why don't we start with him and then we'll pick another footballer, source an item of like garish yeah, yeah, clothing yeah. from them, and then you can win a night as dot dot dot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And okay. we, we move through a few of them. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, so, you know, get in touch if you want to win a night as Jose Enrique. Yeah. <laughs> I think we need a compelling um, reason why. So perhaps explain to us what your night out's going to consist of. Yeah. Your dream night out if you were Jose Enrique. <laughs> so by that, we want your local, real local nightclub, the names of the pubs that you'd visit. We, and we'll give it to the person most deserving. I don't think this is just a straight swap. It's done me. It's a separate prize, this. A night as Jose Enrique, we will put you in a VIP area of your local club and potentially um, maybe a suite in yeah. the, your nearest three star yeah <laughs> <laughs> well Chris you actually gave me the half Jose didn't you a few weeks ago in Blackpool where I had the yes. VIP backdoor experience what you know, does that you mean go... <laughs> <laughs> did you <laughs> the VIP, VIP backdoor experience in Blackpool <laughs> yeah, Dave. some fucking experience though. <laughs> so that must have been when I left you <laughs> So when did you leave him, Chris? I left about one in the morning. No, he went straight for the VIP backdoor experience. <laughs> Oi, how funny is this, right? So I'm DJing in Blackpool, a busy night, and Dave <laughs> Dave contacts me, says he'd like to come along. I was like, fantastic. So then Dave's gone and put him, he's booked himself a hotel in Blackpool. Yeah. Now the thing is, I've gone and DJed in Blackpool, and then I've come straight back to London straight after the gig. So not there very long. Um, DJ it was a lot of fun I said to Dave I was like mate do you need dropping anywhere locally like we'll mm. drop you off at a nearby hotel or something and he's like nah fancy staying out and now I find his VIP backdoor <laughs> yeah, experience yeah, yeah. yeah what sort of time was that? that was um, <laughs> approximately 2.30 I think it was yeah, yeah, um, you yeah. know met some farmers there was a farmer AGM there we you know got pally <laughs> explaining to Crouchy and then, um, he hasn't got a clue you know, the backdoor experience <laughs> it was a farmer's AGM there so I had the backdoor experience <laughs> With a load of farmers, Dave. <laughs> Dave met a load of farmers for a VIP backdoor experience. <laughs> Fucking hell, Dave. <laughs> Out of interest, what do you mean by a VIP backdoor experience? I'm, I'm really confused. As in, we entered the venue through the back door. We went through like the cellars, oh, all like there, the toilets, oh. you know, where the office was. Which is a different way to get into a club. Mm. Usually you're queuing to get in, but we went yeah. through the back door. Uh, you mean like backstage? Yeah, that's yeah like backstage. Yeah. Maybe the back door was the wrong way <laughs> to describe it. Good. Well, I'm, look, oh, I'm pleased you had a good time. Yeah, listen, time. you know, each to their own, you know. Didn't get through as many messages as we thought we might, but we might return to some at the end. All right. Today's podcast, we're talking about our footballing icons. Right, and I think oh, this is quite a nice theme because we talk about a lot of legends on this podcast. And I think it's all um, 
everyone's got different legends and not necessarily that they're the best footballer uh, or the greatest footballer. It could be a really personal reason as to why they're a football legend to you. And then also there are just some players that are legends in the game. I think you kind of respect them. It doesn't matter what club you support. Mm. Do you know what I mean, Crouchy? Yeah, no, exactly what you mean. Um, and yeah, of course, there's there's iconic people like George Best, Maradona, you know, Gaza, uh, Brazilian Ronaldo, like, you know, obviously the current ones, uh, Cristiano and, and and Messi, obviously iconic. But then there's there's Justin Channing, you know, there's uh, Roy Wegley, uh, Kerry Dixon, you know, these are the people that were, you know, in my heart when I was growing up, you know, and there's, there's, no, there's no rhyme or reason for it. You know, you, you just grow up and you love that player. You love that type, type of player. You know, Oliver Bierhoff. Mm. Oliver Bierhoff was someone I discovered on Championship Manager and he'll always remain close to my heart yeah. for that reason. <laughs> because um, he was at Udinese and he was struggling and um, he was going nowhere. You know, I signed him and, um, he, you know, he obviously then became a, you know, World Cup winner. Um, you know, he played for AC Milan, great clubs, but I discovered him. Front championship manager. All right, should we get into this then? <laughs> should we do it? Well, let, let me ask you first, right? Who was your idol growing up? Who did you look up to? Well, um, obviously, Watford fan. Um, there was several Watford players that I, I absolutely loved. So Paul Robinson, um, Tommy Mooney, um, players of that kind of era. So for me, it was right at an age where they were legends to me. And... I think they'd be the first to admit, not like the world's greatest players, um, but had such a, a kind of strong role in in a team that I'd just kind of fallen in love with and and was kind of everything going to see the matches. So for me, they were they were footballing icons in in quite a a local sense. I'm sure there's other uh, people that would would say those players are up there with some of their favourites. They were just so passionate. Um, they really loved playing for the club that I loved. And mm. I think that's another part of it as a fan is the way you respect players that you really believe are doing everything within their power to mm. kind of match the ambitions you have for your own team. Yeah. Yeah, you, Dave? You I think there's, there's a number of different players that I've always looked at and thought they're iconic. I think Schmeichel, when I was growing up as a United fan, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as well, just for the goal in 99, but also many goals off the bench. But as a player that always used, just used to stand out in my childhood, Gabriel Batistuta, because Syria had like a mystique about it at Ooh, that point. Yeah, I had that as well, similar. And, and it's, it's kind of like that we didn't have the access to it. So we would always watch Channel 4, right? And you'd Ooh. watch Football Italia and it'd be amazing. There's so many of those players that played Italy at that point that uh, you would have looked up to. Crouching. Gianluca Vialli was my, you know, I was a Sampdoria fan. I, 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 I looked like a right doubt like right swat down at the park because I had the I had the home and the away ERG Sampdoria kits right and I actually had the long sleeve Marseille and that was a different story because that was Chris Waddle really I I just love Chris Waddle Um, just the way he used to you know the way he he used to like he used to swing his shoulders and his ponytail would go the other way. Like, each way is just a swish. That's what, like, it's, there was so much class about him. And then when he went to Marseille, it was like, oh, my God. And then it was that great Marseille of Papin, Papin Bolly. Um, like, incredible team that won the, the Champions League. And then uh, there, there was that one. But um, I had Beppe Zignori. Beppe Zignori, do you remember him? Um, Viali, uh, Van Basten before that Hullet, that Milan team. Um, I used to love watching Italian football and they were, they were real icons and it felt like because they were so far away. Yeah. You know, like James Richardson sitting there with his pink paper and his little espresso. Uh, I just used to think, God, that looks so exotic. I think it's different <laughs> as well. Like, obviously you were playing, but not at the, at the highest level. Like when you're a fan and you idolise these, these footballing icons, footballing greats, 
But then you end up in this strange position where you obviously are competing with great players, some of the mm. best players in the world you've played against. Do you view them in the kind of footballing idol sense that um, you would as a fan? Uh, and, or, and was it hard to kind of disconnect that? Yeah, because I think once you're around them, like I did my, um, it's almost work experience, if you like, like I was a schoolboy and a white, yes, at Tottenham, but <clears throat> you still had so many kind of legends around then. It was like Les Ferdinand, who I'd grown, grown up watching at QPR at Newcastle. People like David Ginola, like, like and then when you, I think, I think you play with them, you realise actually human, human beings, you know, when you're a fan, I think sometimes you just think, you put them on a, on a different kind of level and like even playing against people like Ibrahimovic like Cristiano Messi you realise that yeah of course they're like incredible players but they are only human you know like but you have to play against them yeah, yeah. so how does that work How's, how does that differ do you go easy or can you just like can you treat them just as another no, player? You have to totally detach yourself. Like when you say no, don't mean you're heroes. You're like, there's this thing going around at the moment, you know, where like players are ignoring the kids and stuff. Like Arsenal did it, Leeds did it. Like it's horrible. I hate seeing it. To be honest, it's it's not nice. But in the players' defence, slightly is like there's those people like around that just you see constantly that sell the um, the autographs and stuff, and you think like genuine fans are like spending hundreds of pounds on kind of line from these people that are just professionally selling them. So you do try and pie them and stuff like that. But in the process of pieing them, there's kids there. And you well, just it's collateral, think, isn't it? Yeah, but, but, but like, I don't think it's acceptable because I do think even if you're seeing regular autograph hunters and everything, so this is why I was always I was always on it with the with the kids like you'd always try and because I was that kid and I remember being there and the reason I said Justin Channing was because I remember how good he was with me like when I was a kid um you know I did a, I did this QPR Martin Allen soccer scored he was the he was the player that came down and I was like he was great and I had a picture of him and I was like wow like he's a professional footballer you know and like I'll always remember him you know because he was nice. Whereas, you know, when you imagine being a kid and, you know, I didn't, I didn't really have anyone who, who crushed me like that. Like, but it would, it would feel, like, you know, like, oh, why is he ignoring me? How would you make amends for that? Well, when you see these kind of viral videos going on, I think back in the day, obviously, if you walked past a kid who you didn't know was there, you wouldn't be captured on, on you know, you hope, you hope to God they don't know that the kid's there, you know? Um, Obviously, the mascot. I mean, things can be twisted as well. Like you got to, you got to remember that. I, the majority of footballers that I know would would stop for for kids. You know, some managers would send you back if they yeah. viewed it as nasty. Because a lot of the footage you see, and you're right, things can be manipulated. And actually, the angle of a camera. I'm not without. I'm not leaping to a defence here. I'm just saying. But you hear stories of managers who would send players back out, or you know, the players that run into the tunnel at the end of a tricky season. Ooh that kind of thing. And managers would get, get you out, you know, and go see the fans. Or mm. if fans have travelled for a long way to a game, certain managers, you know, would absolutely bollock them mm. to... You must have seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, I, I always sort of prided myself on the fact that I would, I would always try and be as friendly to, to you know, any, anyone who I've met who wanted a picture or, or autograph. I'd never, I'd never tell them to piss off. Or, do you know what I mean, I'd always try and be accommodating, you know, and sometimes too much. But like... I think I think there are plenty of footballers out there that do a lot. You know, it's, it's kids can be 
pricks as well. Yeah, you do yeah, like yeah, those stupid remember. pricks that go for the high five, and yeah. you know, you just you, then they pull it away and do that. Do that one. Well, you know? Stevie G <laughs> got one once, didn't he? Yeah. Do you remember? <laughs> Don't even get caught with that. Either. Yeah, let's let's in in their defense, Dave. Kids can be pricks. They, they can well. be. Oh, yeah. They can be. But my own can be. You know, as, as, yeah. as I'm sure yours can. How yeah. does it feel to actually think that you're a footballing icon for some kids? The other way around. Mm. Uh, honestly, do you think you're a footballing icon? No, I think icon is a big word. Like if I said, if I sat here and went, I'd say I'm a footballing icon. I, I think I'd be a bit twatty. But it's twatty to say it yourself, but deep down inside. I think I'm well recognisable. Yeah. And I think people would recognise me. When I think of Icon, I think of a maverick. I think of someone like Cantona or like, um, like Icon is like Ronaldo, you know, Brazilian Ronaldo, uh, Beckenbauer, Cruyff. I think that's an, a footballing icon. I think it's banded about like legend icon, a bit too. I think rarely. Icon is when a kid is the mascot and looks up. And you see their face go like, can't believe it. Was it the one with Rooney? I think it is. Seen a few great ones. And it? It, yeah, was he on? Was he other kid? Was he other team's mascot? I think it was. And yeah, he looks, looks but he's just he's holding the hand of a player, but I think he's looking at Rooney <laughs> lined up next to him, just like staring him up and down. Yeah. Well, it's, it, listen, you know, it's it's amazing. I think when you're that young and you like look up to someone like that, if you get to meet those, you know, your heroes, it's, it, it's phenomenal. Talking Brazilian Ronaldo, why was he iconic for you? Oh, mate, I used to, I used to watch him, uh, like when he went to Barcelona, it was like, I've never seen him like it. Uh, then even Inter Milan, when he, you know, he, had, he had injuries at Inter Milan, but then you know, I used to watch the whole game. So I'd record the whole game, me and Nedley King actually. And we used to, we used to watch back the whole 90 minutes just in case, like the moment he got the ball, you know, then we'd rewind his little bits of skill and, you know, we'd watch his goals. And I, I, I mean, I must have, I must have hours and hours of VHS footage of Ronaldo, um, which is mad, That's isn't it? <laughs> That's that, yeah. that man vibe. Uh, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> but we're talking about Ronaldo. One of the things when you look at his statistics, someone did some analysis, I think it was a account called like Barcelona Stats, like about four or five years ago. One of the things with Ronaldo that was so unique was the amount of goals that he scored after completing a dribble. In a sense, it was Messi-esque where he scored, you know, five goals in his career after beating three players. Unreal. In a sense, that's kind of what you're talking about. A Cruyff, a Ronaldo. They have that iconic ability to carry a ball and beat go a, past score people. a goal. It's nothing better than someone who can go go past people. It's like it just looks good, doesn't it? And, and, it's, and Ronaldo, yeah, Messi, these types of players. Um, but when I when I was growing up, I think it was it was Paul Gascoigne. Um, I think you know at Chelsea, obviously, had Kerry Dixon, and then obviously it moved to, to the, like the new kind of breed of player like Gianfranco Zola and um, Gus Poyet. We saw you know Rude Hullet came when Glenn Hoddle came. I was remember watching Glenn Hoddle and just thinking, you know, this fella's on a different planet. Um, and then obviously the, the Brazilian Ronaldo and Viali, these types of players. These are these are the ones I looked up to and, and why I stayed in the game really. With the um, kind of slightly more maverick player that becomes iconic maybe for their behaviour as much or, or their attitude as much as their talent. Cantona, for example. Is this a change from managers, do you think? Do you think that football culture, I guess, has changed over the last few decades? Um, but there was a big shift in the 90s, I think, with different management style and different way of controlling players. And 
Uh, maybe like social media accountability now Ooh. as well. Cantona, De Canio, those kinds of players, like proper like characters, weren't they? And like you say, it was a lot of the off-field stuff made them more... Like Zlatan, the way he talks, right? He backs it up, which is... Which just makes him on a higher level. Like if you say things and put yourself under that much pressure and then back it up, I always think that's a big, that's a big shout. Yeah. What about the players that kind of have that maverick attitude, like a Mario Balotelli, fireworks in his house, all the things that have gone off the field, but then doesn't back it up? How would you see those people within the sport? I just, yeah, I mean, like I say, you're putting yourself under so much pressure. Like back in the day when 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 it was, you know, I'm talking in sort of nineties. Like even white boots was pressure. Do you know what I mean? Like if you if you wore a pair of white white boots, you were putting yourself under unnecessary pressure. <laughs> because like if you're if you're a bit shit, it's like oh man, look at this clown. You got white boots on. So if you're if you're giving it out, you know about how good you are and this and that, and not backing it up. That's the, it's the same vibe, isn't it? Have you noticed that? No, when you talk about footballing icons, to be fair, you said Schmeichel's never a goalkeeper, is it? What, like a hero? Yeah. Nah, it just wouldn't, would it? Wouldn't be. <laughs> never going to say a goalkeeper is a hero. No, there's always so much more to celebrate than, you know, keeping balls out of a net. <laughs> I just sometimes think we need to get the balance right. We're very anti-goalkeeper on this podcast. No, I think it's been like, I think of some of the characters and sort of iconic goalkeepers. I'm thinking Oliver Kahn, Peter Schmeichel would definitely be one of them. Peter um, Schmeichel, I'd say the same with referees. I think certain referees are footballing icons. Same with managers. You know, I don't think it is just a player thing as well. I think... Kalina's iconic. Kalina. You know, as Mike a, Dean. As a, as a referee, Mike Dean, of course, probably more Dean, so than Kalina. Do you know, if Mike Dean had a Italian name, I think it, it would be a totally different situation. Do you know what I mean? Like, Crouch, could you give him an Italian name? Um, what about a Brazilian one? Yeah. yeah. Dinaldo? <laughs> Dinaldo. Mikael Dinaldo. One of the greatest referees to ever walk the earth. He actually would be. If he did did one of those stepovers and he was called Mikael Dinaldinho. (laughs) Mickey D to you, Crouchy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he would, it'd be iconic without doubt. Do you think players are sometimes, I don't know, like maybe players that you've played with as well, like they stand out in, in the football world and they become these these icons that you must see as well, even when you're playing with them. I think even players like Modric, for example. Mm. But is it quite hard when that reputation comes for them to, like, for you to level up with that, for them to shake that? Because I guess you're playing with players that you just know are so loved in football. Does it um, put a weird separation between you as teammates? No, or no, I think it's a, there's a, Does it ever play into training or anything? I or? think there's a huge, a huge element of respect when you're playing with someone of that, of that, of that kind of calibre or of, who's, who's got to that kind of, kind of level. Well, obviously, playing with England with David Beckham, for instance, like he's got to that level yeah. of kind of like out fame or sort of status, you know, in, in, and then you've got like, you know, for, and that's just the whole package. I mean, he's David Becker, right? So you're, you're, it's like a Hollywood film star playing football with you. And that's, that's literally what he's, what he's become, I suppose. But then you've got like Luka Modric or like you say, players like that who have maybe been a bit under the radar that have achieved kind of like, it's like the footballing purist, if you like. They've, they've become such icons just through being very quiet kind of off the field but just their on-field performance has just been so interesting example isn't he 
because he isn't loud and you don't really it's read I mean. too and much about him. And there's a huge respect in, in inside the game. You know, it's like players like uh, like Xavi, like um, like Xabi Alonso as well. Like play, I don't know, players who have, who achieved that kind of level of um, of of like fame and f- sort of fortune and you know all, just through the the titles they've won um, and and the big games they've been involved in and the sheer consistency without doing much media work without doing much outside of the game just being a football kind of purist and um, you know the respect obviously within the game for those players is is immense for those two players David Becker and Luka Modric what was the similarities in training? It was that's the thing. Like with David Beckham, obviously, there's so much noise around him. I think that it takes away actually from just how dedicated he was, just how hardworking he was, just what a talent he was. Um, because there's so many others kind of outside things going on. I think with him, he's so. I mean, whenever, whenever I saw him, like he was, he would probably work as hard as you know. And, there's anyone in training like on his game all the time. Um, just his consistency in every game as well. Like, um, and maybe he's not talked about. Like, we, you know, he's got like the best midfielders. We talked about Steve. It, the, the, the debate's always Gerard Lampard and and Skulls, right? And you think, well, David Beckham has to be part of that conversation. Like, you forget just how good and talented he was as a as a player, right? Really, I think. No, he was a great player, and I think. Um, but he did have this whole um, sort of fame and icon status it was worldwide but when you were with him in say the England setup, did he get treated differently because of it like he got the nicest room as you're walking out the hotel everyone's sort of looking at at Bex like yeah I mean he wasn't different at all as a person uh, around the place I mean, um, more the circus yeah, of like, him. Yeah, you, you you couldn't help but notice the, the stuff around him, without doubt. I think, uh, yeah, and I, I think under Sven, he did probably get the nicest room, yeah. You reckon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to... Yeah, definitely, yeah, especially when he was captain. There, like I said, there was a lot going on around him, but um, within the dressing room, within the camp, he was he was always always spot on. You you must have showered with someone. Like, it's weird, like, your experience mm. of I, iconic footballers as well. You're just there to to play football you know like you do and you have to you have but to then you see younger players coming in and, and parching Beckham to kind of parched, yeah you yeah. know yeah I saw one player t- try and take a picture a sly picture of him at the you know at the dinner table and I was like I saw it happening <laughs> I was like oh no like, and I heard the <laughs> 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 oh no what's he gone for there so Crouch you mentioned the likes of Georgie Best Maradona mm. do you think there's extra pressure being a icon whether that affects a player mm. Yeah, I think it all depends on what type of character you are as well. But, um, you know, we've seen great players like like Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo, for instance, like so dedicated to, to what they're, they're, they're going to achieve. But those players you've mentioned, like back in the day there, you know, they might have been they're different characters. And, um, you know, we love them for it. But like, because they are sort of men of the people, if you like, they've pulled in every single different direction. It's like Gaza, you know, George Best. Maradona, those players you mentioned, like the weights of the nation are sort of on them. And then, you know, how did they get that kind of release? And like what Maradona did at Napoli and, you know, the people that were surrounding him and, you know, obviously watching the documentary and things like that. Like you just, you just think, how is he even playing football in that kind of scenario where everyone wants a piece of him? And then obviously he needs a release and he turns to, you know, various drink and drugs and same with George Best and unfortunately Gaza as well. Like we loved him as a player, 
but we loved him as a personality. And then it was like everyone's watching his downfall, and it, you know, the, 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 is he he comes back? It's like a soap opera, isn't it? And he's not had the help that he needs, and it's it's quite it's quite sad to watch, especially being such a such a massive Gaza fan now. You know, I hope he's hope he's doing better. You know, we were supposed to have him on the podcast once, and obviously he had had a few issues at that time. Um, but you know, one of the greatest players of his of his generation, and uh, and the reason a lot of players of my generation are playing football was Paul Gascoigne. Have we got better at that, at managing these icons to try and help them get away from the the negative side? Yeah, yeah. I look at the the way things are now. Like you, you used to just train and just be left to your own devices. Um, and yeah, of course, there's an element of that now. But I just think the players are so much more educated in um, in what they can achieve in that short space of time really if you think about it, it's like 18 to say 33 34 in that short space of time you can really really achieve something big you know you can um the financial benefits are, are huge you know the the, the, the obviously the that you can win things you can have the best um life given to you if you just knuckle down in those periods and i think that is drilled into people now and they're educated on the media on dealing with the the, the the other sides of the game as well as the football side so I'd like to think it's much better now yeah what about someone like Neymar how do you guys see Neymar is Neymar a football icon what a player yeah. I love watching him play and you think about like the goals he's scored he's carried Brazil for years but, but why do you ask that Dave do you think there's do you, do you think he's not a footballing icon I think it's a really difficult one because I think if he continued with his trajectory early on in his career, Santos, the star that broke out, the Barcelona front three with Messi, uh, you know, Neymar and Suarez, there was a level to Neymar that he could have got to, that potentially the move to Paris hasn't been the best for his long-term career in terms of winning trophies, winning the Ballon d'Or, when that was the idea. Because I think Neymar's had some iconic performances one of them coming against PSG, the 6-1, the comeback, mm. you know, a, a goal, sorry, an assist and two goals. Unbelievable performance. That was iconic. That was the level that he needed to continue at in a sense of kind of stepping away from Messi. And I suppose that's quite a difficult one that we do forget the players that played with Diego Maradona, mm. that played with Gaza, that played with Waddle, that kind of link it all together and grow. They kind of need that foil. Some of these legends. Yeah, but they're massive. They're massive players, and I think it's hard if you're that big as a player to not be iconic because you've got a huge fan base. There's probably a country that adore you. Um, I think what we haven't touched on so much in this podcast so far is kind of icons of football that weren't necessarily the biggest names, the most, the most famous. Maybe it, it, it could be one moment, couldn't it? Mm. Off the top of my head, I'm thinking uh, when Lloyd Doyle scored for Watford. You know, this is a guy who hadn't. Uh, just hadn't scored yeah. <laughs> and uh, he, he scores this guy and fuck me the place went mental mm. that guy's a legend at Watford are there players that you can think of Crouchy who are kind of iconic for alternative reasons um, yeah there's, like you don't have to be the best player in the world do you Like, but you have to score an important goal like Divock Origi is an yeah. icon at Liverpool right true and um, you know you can't say that He's been one of the best forwards to to walk through the doors at Liverpool, but he's scored in some of the most iconic games that Liverpool fans will remember for the rest of their days. You know, Isn't like, that amazing, brilliant. It's unbelievable, amazing, really. Um, but then I think back to to my youth was like players like players like Roy Wegley, um, you know, uh, Andy Impey, 
um, at QPR that I used to love watching, Darren Peacock, Jan Stajskal, um, you know, Ken Moncow, Erlen Jonsson, players that, you know, you wouldn't think of. Gavin Peacock, I was there when he when he hit the bar in the, in the semi and... Um, yeah, like little, there's little moments that you think that they're just, they're just important in my life. Mm. So I'll always remember them. And yeah. well, I got to play with Gavin Peacock at QPR and I, um, it was the year, I think, I mean, he scored, he was our top, he was Chelsea's top goal scorer. He was brilliant that year. And then I got, I got to play with him and I was like, wow, I was like, oh, fucking, that was my first year in professional football. And I was like, I'm training with Gavin Peacock. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, like, that was the point where I was the, kid the fan mm. it was how that was how I sort of turned it and then I, you know I still speak to Gav actually now he's a priest in Canada is he? <laughs> <laughs> how mad's that? wow moving on from the QPR point it just a, a thought came through my head what about a player that the streets never will forget Adel Tarat oh. at QPR <laughs> mate I was, at, I was at Tottenham with him uh, before he we went to QPR and he was in like mainly in the reserves he, he didn't play much for the first team um Wow! In training, I was like, oh, "Jesus Christ!" Like this, this, this—he's the best in the world. I think he's the best player <laughs> in the world. <laughs> so, so <laughs> I just one point. It was one part. And I was like, "Why well, is this kid not playing? He's the best player in the world, not in the team, in the mm. squad." Oh my god! It's just so much talent. It, looking into it, it was interesting to find out that um, you know they, he came to Spurs because Clive Allen told Harry Redknapp that he was a noozy Dan. Did oh, you see that? Yeah, I did. Like. I, I saw it. Is that yeah. good? Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> if you just said, like, I don't know, like, when he was doing things at a young age, like, you would have gone, like, this kid could be the next Zidane. The problem is you saw it at brief thing, and, you know, he would do it in the wrong areas, um, and it was frustrating for, 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 for everyone, really. I think he, he, did, he did then build himself back up. He went to QPR, obviously, Benfica, and uh, played a weird, like, holding role. And I was like, seeing that was, was strange. But um, he was the type of player that would rather get a nutmeg than score. But um, as for potential, one of the best, uh, potentially one of the best players I've, I've seen. Because he, he had an absolute mad season. The first, I think one of the first seasons at QPR. He had 40 goal contributions. He scored 19 goals and got 21 assists. That's unreal. He was yeah. player of the player of the season in the championship. And he I remember watching him and just thinking, like Crouch, he's saying, he's incredible. Oh, mate, but did you, yeah, you just you look at those players, you know, like Ravel Morrison, you know, if you speak yeah. to Rio, he'll tell you about, you know, I think the one of the best young players he's ever seen. And you just think for whatever reason it, it, it doesn't work out you know there's so much more to the game than just natural ability and uh, but but Adele had, had it all uh, he really did right should we do a couple of messages before we go yeah uh, I don't know when San Marino's back uh, yeah San Marino's picking me up in a minute um, but yeah all well good. come on let's try and get a couple well, are, you, are you looking for an update on, this, on the Samir no <laughs> what do you mean in the <laughs> Should we do um, this message from Matt, Chris? <laughs> yeah, let's do this message from Matt. So I've got a message from Matt here. I don't know this lad, but deserves a shout out on the pod. You wondered who grows up wanting to be a ref. Here you go, Mike Dean in the making. I like this. I saw this. This is very cool. So this is a lad in all his referee clobber. So Matt wanted us to see this picture of this young referee. He sort of quote tweeted from an account called... Team Grassroots, and it says this. Shout out to my son, a 15-year-old ref. This season, he's been shouted at, sworn at by parents, coaches, and players. But today, as he walked off the pitch, he got a round of applause from the parents, even though he gave a red card today. The parents from that team said it was the correct decision. Couldn't be prouder of him, and just hope today makes him want to continue doing something he loves. 
Hashtag no ref, no game. Oh. And it's the lads here. So we don't know his name, sadly. No, we've got, um, we've got to find out his name. But I'm sure he will... Um, I'm sure he'll hear this. Do you know what? If you do hear this, we get, you've got to get in touch with the pod because um, I feel like we should give him a prize. I mean, look at him. He, he's so happy, isn't he? And like, like you say, no ref, slow game. That is exactly right, isn't it? Like young referees yeah. um, coming through. And like the fact that people are giving it. Uh, look at him. Like, how can you give him stick like as a parent? Yeah. Like that is so outrageous, isn't it? No, I don't know. And we talk about referees on this podcast. And obviously we've had Mike Dean on. Uh, in fact, we've had a number of referees on this podcast and we have in the past said like who you know if you're into football it's a bit of a strange thing to get into refereeing um but we should also caveat that with um it's amazing seeing people and i think this was a big turnaround in your head as well peter it's um you forget that with all these big referees there's a backstory as to why they got to become a referee they love the game so much but they love it through a different lens Mm. and uh this lad who's 15 and um and we, I'm sure we will find out, you know, we just want to say from the podcast, congratulations. Mm. And also, it sounds like it was a brilliant day and we should encourage young referees. 100%, yeah. Uh, good young referees like that. Um, well done. I'm sure the parents are very proud of you. Yeah, nice. Right, yeah, I've got a message here from Brad. He says, my ex missus was Argentinian uh, and she took me on a family holiday to Buenos Aires. Um, her dad took me to River versus Boca and it was fucking carnage. <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, he walked down the street with full, full of psychopaths selling the most amount of beef I've ever seen barbecued. Yes. The RGs don't know what a burger is. Instead, they put an entire cow on a fire and scream at you. Two, once you get in, half the north stand is empty and I asked why and then two minutes into kickoff, all the ultras come in and have a tear up. Flares go straight onto the pitch and fights begin. Thirdly, they have no away fans. You know it's carnage when you can't even have away fans in the crowd. The atmosphere is ludicrous i reckon the rgs would be partial to a lout if you're up for it i can be the guide for the match um, I think you said you wanted to go to this i game. do want to go to this yeah I, I it's one of those things i think you have to achieve i think in life uh super, Dave, you've super done class. it you? no that's oh, one that not. i want to do i feel like you have to my dad's done it and they he, he said obviously you know he's been to games all his life since the 70s and he thought you know I, he was out there filming and he said uh, I, I i just want to get in the mixer and uh, they were all like, no, no, no. And you can't, you can't. He was advised against it. Um, and he could see why. I think the moment it kicked off, it was the similar kind of vibe. It was just a lot of angry Argentinians, um, quite aggressive. We've got to go to Casablanca to watch Raya as well. Cool. Seen some videos knocking around Instagram. They know how to create an atmosphere. Really? So, well, you know, we're going to do that, fly back via Morocco, and then we can come back. Well, I still haven't done an old firm. Like, you know, it's on our doorstep. I haven't done an, I haven't done a um, El Clasico or an old firm, so... I like the idea of collecting derbies. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Ticking off the football's biggest derbies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if anyone's done that as a sort of tourist. Oh, they will have done, sure. A derby tourist. I think someone could get in touch, right, and help us complete this mission. Mm. Well, I'm doing the Milan yeah. derby. I'm doing the Milan derby uh, for the, in the semi-final. Oh, yeah. A, yeah, in the game. So, looking forward to that. Oh, it's a touch your job, isn't it? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, there's worse out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we've got a message from Al here. It's hard to tell because it's typed. It might be a message from AI uh, uh, because yeah. the robots are coming, people. <laughs> they are, aren't um, they? I, I, I called know. it in 2006. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you their leader? Are you the... Has this always been a signal to let's fucking take the humans? (laughs) If we, do you know what? If we can imitate them, we can become them. 
I mean, we should all be worried. I think every job can be replaced by a computer. Are you a computer, Dave? Uh, I'm about 90%. Yeah, 95%. Oh, Dave's dead. Oh, my God. You can imagine. You just type it in and go, bang, all the stats are there. (laughs) (laughs) I just wonder if you are AI. AI If we probed your VIP backdoor experience, would we find a load of... Sort of microchips and, and well, I, I, I found it really strange when we, we you know, when we, we we sweeped his computer and found nothing. Yeah, and that's that, true. So it was like he didn't exist. Yeah, <laughs> if you missed this, we um, we ran Crouchy's house and his his um, he's got one of them nice Dyson uh, vacuum cleaners, yeah. but it it fires out a little UV light to show all the dust cool. and everything. Yeah. Uh, so we decided to scan. Dave's using computer. the UV light, Dave's computer, just to see what showed well, up. It was like suspiciously clean, wasn't it? it was... Yeah, I mean, too clean, if anything. Yeah. And no. we all know robots don't jizz. <laughs> no comment. Yet. <laughs> Shall we get into the, the, the message from well, a fellow oh, AI? Oh, yeah. So, um, Christ, message from AI. Oh, yeah, we haven't even started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Peter. Loving the podcast since the start. I'm a Leeds fan from Surrey. Brackets, mother's family, all from Leeds. So went there for my first game and stuck with it ever since. My son was born in Norwich. We now live in Mallorca. There's a lot to keep up with here. Mm. His friends support Man City, Barcelona, Madrid, PSG, all at once. Pardon? Last season, when he was six, I saw my opportunity to firm up the allegiance for him to be a Leeds fan. Leeds played Norwich and we watched it together. It was an incredible game with a last-minute winner for Leeds. We both celebrated like crazy. My wife was shouting, but you were born in Norwich. I shouted louder, we are Leeds, we are Leeds, we are Leeds. Job done. Just need Leeds to stay up this season now. I don't know, how do you feel about that, Dave? Yeah, number one, the kid's got to be a Norwich fan. Uh, Um, You know, Leeds, uh, it's an interesting club. But, you know, Norwich, where he's born, now living in, even going to Mallorca. Become a Real Mallorca fan. I sort of read that wrong a little bit there. I think um, he is a Leeds fan, right? And his kid is has been everywhere. Yeah, but he wants him to be a Leeds fan. So what he's done, he's he's got him to watch a match, which is Leeds have done really well. Yeah, his wife's be... trying to shit out him. Exactly, and I think there'll be a load of um, load of people here who are parents, and you do have to kind of indoctrinate your child. To a certain extent, like you want them to. We've been through this, haven't we? And yeah. I just said, you know, it's, it's like the, you know, with the allegiances episode. I was, I was so disappointed that I haven't, I can't really make my child support a team, you know. Mm. And that, that, I think it's a, I think it's bad for them and me. Starts with the little teddies that you buy, doesn't it? Like my son, little kit and stuff. He's got a little it? Harry the Hornet, there, which is his favourite one. Mm-hmm. That and a giraffe. Can't figure it out. Yeah. Um, but he, uh, he loves that. Everyone loves a tall animal. But... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Also, can we just... Can we very quickly talk about the fact... um, Because people will be spotting this if you watch on YouTube. You've got yellow tongue. Have I? Yeah, it's really yellow. I don't know. I, I had a I had a Chinese earlier. Is that? Do you think there's something to do with that? Is that what it is? Really? Yeah, App said to me I had a yellow tongue as well. It looks like you've been having it off with Marge Simpson. No, it really is yellow. Yeah, yeah. I've swallowed bark. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. That sounds well, really yeah, bad. Sounds really bad. That sounds worse than actually swallowing a Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> a little suspect. We should check your computer. Yeah, next yeah. Don't swallow bark, kids. <laughs> One more message. Spit him out. <laughs> message from Rich. Hi guys. Quick message to let you know. We also used to have a cockle man who would come around our local pub in Wrexham. He turned up in his Jaguar each time, so he was clearly doing all right for himself. 
As he carried his wicker basket of goods between the tables, there was no greater joy than shouting across the pub, have you got any mussels on your cock? Or have you got crabs? <laughs> Keep up the good work uh, from Rich. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, that is good. Got any mussels on your cock? I think this is have a thing that used to happen. We, we talked about these cockle people and seafood people. There was a seafood one in Southampton. Uh, I used to see them in a nightclub mm. in, uh, called Jester's. And um, it feels to me that there's less and less of this. We had them at Eyesworth. We were at the uh, Conquest Club and they used to come on a Friday night and he'd always come and I'd have a black currant water and I'd have a little... They'd come in a little pot, didn't mm. they? And he'd have like um, a little sauce, I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prawn. You know, like the Mary Rose. Mary Rose yeah. or whatever it's called. That one. Yeah. That. Yeah, sauce. that's nice. But it's it feels to me that it'd be something we'd like to encourage, you know. And there's good opportunity there because people did love it. You don't see as many about a little sort of cockle boy or, or cockle <laughs> woman. Yeah, yeah. I just mean like <laughs> like going around the pub, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like, and um, I think this with the football sometimes. What you know in America where they have people moving between the stands selling food. Mm. I'd like to see that at the football. I'd like them to at least try and do that a little bit. Yeah. You know, with I, the big hot dog sort of oh, thing. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I do get Mate, you, but half time, you don't have to experience time. it. It's a fucking pain in the arse, man. Yeah. Getting food. It's, it's almost not worth it. Also, I've been to a few American sports and it, it takes away from the, from, from the game watching, I think. There's so much going on in the stand. Like, there's a big fella pinging out t-shirts in a t-shirt <laughs> gun and like, you know, there's, Friggin', you know, what are they called? Corn dogs flying around. And, <laughs> you know, they're throwing in crisps and people are catching them and they're all cheering. And like, there's a game in the stand, you know? Mm. I don't want to see, I, wanna, I don't want to see games. You in think the it's stand. distracting? It, a bit from, the, from what the game is, what you're there yeah. for. We're, we're not far off drones, I imagine, Dave, as well, no, delivering no, food yeah, to the. We're looking to build that in part of the AI mm. experience. But I think that'd be great. Like, I think if there was things from the sky that could hover above you and drop us like a hot dog on you. What's wrong with that? I know someone who played a golf course recently that had, had a drone. Yeah, I've and seen this. Droned it out and just, beer drone. just hovered there. Beer drone, like four beers. You're only oh, playing fours, great, right? You got yeah. four four pints, and they just drone it out. You just you order it on an app. Drone's over. Just take the beer See, off. That, that'll be pubs and then you and everything. carry on playing golf. I mean that. That's the future. How does it not spill? I'm not the drone expert here, but <laughs> we used to have one, ironically, on the podcast. Warren with his drone, didn't we? Well, where's Warren gone? It feels he's gone quiet. He really has, you know. We should, yeah. Hope yeah. you're all right, Warren. Anyway, let us know. Well, get in listening. touch. Let us know if you're if you're all right. We used um, to use Warren because uh, he's a, a man who lived on the Isle of Wight and had a drone, and he used to uh, make quite creative videos to advertise brilliant. the podcast. They were was, fantastic. I thought. I feel, I feel we do need another sort of reboot on that kind of um, advertising push, mm. uh, and people were brilliant in what they mm. did. They'd write in the back of dirty vans and. Um, <laughs> You know, Warren had his drone and, and so, you know, between the two of those things, it was whole, really great guns. The advertising concept was, um, let's write in vans, yeah. stickers in your urinal. Which still happens, but I, actually, I, see I actually don't know where people get the stickers. Yeah, I've must never made, made them. We've never, they, made them. we've never made them. So people must be, uh, uh, people must be going to away games with stickers. amazing, yeah, but no. I wouldn't even know how to go about doing that. No, no, no idea, but they've, <laughs> they've done it and I see them quite a bit. They're, they're everywhere. I saw this one in the San Siro. This, Stop it. Yeah, yeah, there's one right up in the gods where the away fans are. Uh, someone sent me a picture of it and um, just that Peter Crouch podcast in the San Siro. Oh, that's great. Maybe we'd get Sorry, on that. In San Siro. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or the Giuseppe Miazza Grouchy, either one you want to call it. Donald James Richardson after me. Yeah, we'll we'll look into that because I think it's good. I mean, we probably can't encourage it, but if you want to responsibly yeah. use some stickers, like I like this sticker. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, let's get stickers out there. Yeah. And Warren, get in touch if you if your drone's still still up and charged. Great podcast today, guys. Really enjoyed it. I think the um hopefully there'll be a lot of people that are keen to do a night as uh, Jose Enrique. Um I think that's I think that's be... what's really come out of this podcast today. I think um for me Someone going out, uh, you know, Hollywood's in Romford or, you know, Time and Envy uh, or, you know, perhaps Leisure World um, as Josie Enrique. Get yourself behind the rope <laughs> in the back door. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, Dave, Dave. Dave's VIP yeah. back entrance, whatever it is. <laughs> so what was it? Backdoor experience. Backdoor experience with Jose VIP Enrique. backdoor experience with Jose Enrique. Good luck. Let us know if you want it. Great podcast today. Chumbawamba lads back stronger Chumbawamba Hi this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the future isn't scary not realizing its potential however could be Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This episode is brought to you by a load of pricks.net. We are the experts in selling houses. Chris couldn't sell his house. What did you do, Chris? I couldn't sell my house for love nor money, Crouchy. Three different offers I had, all at the last minute fell through. I turned around to my wife and said, what can we do to sell this house? Every estate agent is failing us. Then I told her, let's go to a load of pricks.net. But Chris, what did a load of pricks do for you? They were brilliant, Crouchy. They sold my house right away. The sign had barely gone up when a well-dressed gentleman came along and offered me twice the asking price. Chris, would you use a load of pricks again? I'd use them every time, Crouchy. Go to a load of pricks.net. They will sell your house like no other. Load of pricks, load of pricks.net.